0: Right off, right off. Don't be scared. Mm-mm, don't be scared.
1: And now, the
2: BGC Sports Network presents The Shake Back, back, back. with Willie Epting Jr. Here we go, baby. Here we go. Here we go, baby. One for the money. Two for the show. Three to get ready. And four to go. What is going on? NFL football. That is what is going on. Willie Epting Jr. Shakeback Sports Show. Big game. Christian Sports Network live back in the fold, man. Once again, got two-thirds of the... trifecta with me uh, or we're we're going too too wide actually um, with this episode as Marquest and Huff is out on assignment Um, Corey Ellison is in here we'll get him in here in just a second before we go any further in this first segment it is being brought to you by the Big Game Christian Sports Network check us out on YouTube and click the subscribe button at BGC Sports Network 1 and help expand the brand and follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at BGC sports one for Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, that is BGC, uh, BGC sports network. I am personally giving away to a random subscriber Once we we reach 100 We are almost there So if you are hearing this Make sure you hit the subscribe button On the YouTube uh, YouTube uh, channel And I will get you tightened up Corey Ellison behind door number 1 What's going on bruh?
0: Man today is a wonderful day
2: And as the scriptures say uh, this is the day that the Lord has made And we shall rejoice and be glad in it And I am glad, are you
0: glad? Weather well, is nice <laughs> huh? um, You know your boy been grinding Passed his real estate exam today So I'm officially a realtor And then to put icing on a cake The NFL season starts today So it's wonderful man well,
2: Wonderful come- Well, congratulations on the uh, new chapter in a different career in your life. Uh, I know that's something you have been pretty passionate about for a while. And, uh, man, I know you're going to do great in that. So uh, without any further ado, man, let's get into this show as uh, as we teased it in the opening Uh, football season. The NFL season is here. Um, on the field action with the headline by the champs that took place on that took place with the texans on thursday night and uh deshaun watson just got paid patrick mahomes as we know just got paid and um we did our full-fledged prediction show last week or last episode rather and uh you have to check that out on um on itunes google Podcasts as well as spotify and also at bgsports.net in the podcast center so Before we actually uh, talk about some on-the-field stuff, um, we're going to talk about running back from Corey's Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott. And he talked about how some of uh, the players on the Cowboys will kneel. will kneel. I'm not a rapper, nor do I play one on TV. But um, uh, here here's a rapper that asked uh, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott What what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Yeah. So Corey, he said that, and um, you know what? I think it's it's <laughs> I think it's pretty funny that that's being uttered uh, out of Zeke's mouth. Um, at this time what are your thoughts on him saying that and do you believe that he will be one of the ones that will kneel
0: as far as him saying it man I definitely agree with it um, you know how I feel about what's been going on and the situation with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything Um He wasn't the first one to say it. Uh, Actually, Gerald McCoy had came out very early before the season even started. When he got signed and said, hey, I'm taking a stance. I haven't talked to Jerry Jones yet, but that's my stance and that's what I'm going to do. So the momentum was already being built. And do I think that he's going to do it? Um, I think he probably will. Uh, but there's other players that's going to take the the route of not doing it for whatever reason. You know, everybody has their reasoning for standing and everybody has a reason for kneeling, just like they do in the NBA. So I always felt like this was going to happen. I know Jerry had his stance and, you know, said what he said, but the world is changing, man. Things are different. And if you want to be successful and you want to uh, have the, the – successful spotlight on you you got to change with the times and these are those times so i'm good with it
2: yeah i i I hear everything that you're saying and i have um i have two things distinctly that i want to say about that because when you said jerry jones has taken a stand I don't know if I agree with that because in my opinion and from what he has said or more or less what I have received and heard him say is that he really isn't taking a stand. Uh, Basically, what he said was he's going to show grace. And I'm glad you brought up Gerald McCoy because he did say that in the very beginning. And he actually called Jerry Jones out on it whenever he first signed with the Cowboys um, And that, w- that was of course Well before what happened with George Floyd Up in Minneapolis And it actually happened between What happened with Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia And Mr. F- Mister George up in, up in Minnesota as we said But you know We've said this on this show plenty of times You quest and I Your silence is Complicit And Jerry Jones Has, um, I know he's 78 years old, uh, but his silence is very, very loud in my opinion, and to me, I think he's trying to not alienate his fan base. And not alienate his billionaire friends At the same time But while he's doing those two things He may be alienating The very thing that makes him the money And that's the players So as a player You know we've heard Dak Prescott Come out and say he should We shouldn't I mean in his opinion He shouldn't kneel for the flag We're going to get into Dak in just a second Because I saw something that came out on Thursday That really piqued me a little bit So if 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 the Cowboys break ranks and they do kneel and some of them kneel and some of them not kneel, do you think and and then let Dak be the one of the ones that don't kneel, but all of his weapons do kneel. And of course, with him siding with Jerry Jones, the fact that he's on a one year deal and possibly will be on a one one year deal again next year. How do you think that will that, that will go over in the locker room? Should everybody else kneel or a portion of the people kneel and Dak not?
0: No, man, I think this is being blown out of proportion just because it's the Dallas Cowboys and it's America's team and the spotlight is always on them. They're, what they're doing is no different from any other team. Everybody on every other single team is not kneeling. There will be people that's going to stand up. Uh, there will be people that's going to kneel but because it's the Dallas Cowboys the limelight shines on them the brightest so as far as Dak not kneeling um, I don't think it's going to be an issue in the locker room I don't think it's going to cause any um, problems at all Um, like you said Dak did come out Thursday and he he said some things and I understand his point of view of some of the things that he said and he's given over a million dollars from what I understand um, for for this cause and actually was for actually um, helping the police to become um, better equipped and to be better trained. So for those players that will come out and say something about him, not kneeling, i'll come back and say well what have you done have you have you given any money towards the cause what are you doing to to help things to become better so i don't i don't hold anything against him for that like i said everybody has the reason for doing what they do but i don't think it's gonna um cause any ripples in the in the locker room at all
2: i want to take you from another standpoint because you know I i don't i don't i don't I just kind of wanted to hear your your take on it not that I agree or disagree with it um, because what you you said was uh, was very eloquent and it actually uh, is very very uh, positive as well as it being um, you know accurate but here's here's where I want to come from with this from a different perspective say you and I and Quest was on the Dallas Cowboys right now And Jerry Jones decided to bring us into the office because we're the leaders of the team. And he knows where we stand on issues of police brutality, uh, disenfranchised black communities, and social injustice. He knows where we stand on it. And in in, in our standing on it, we've decided that we're going to kneel for the anthem and we've told him because of how we feel of the things that's going on in our community. How would we feel if Jerry Jones said to us you guys are the leaders of this football team on the field uh, I, I I would require that you not kneel for the anthem because what you're feeling yeah it's just your feeling but it's, uh, it's not appropriate how would you react to something like that
0: <laughs> uh, I wouldn't um <laughs> huh Let me I, hear- wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be too happy about. Yeah. I wouldn't be too happy. I would have uh, voiced my opinion uh-huh. and I would still do what I feel is right in my heart to do whether he likes it or not. You can either you can either roll with me or if you want to get rid of me, you can get rid of me because you know what? If you get rid of me, somebody else is going to pay me. So it really doesn't matter. My stance is my stance. I stand for what I stand for. At the end of the day, I'm a man. And I respect you as a man. And I respect, you know, your decisions and what you decide to do. And I request you do the same for me. And that's how we would keep it.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because um I could see that actually happening. And to me, if if we were in there and he said that you cannot kneel for the anthem while you're on this football team. Uh, I, number one, I'm not going to be bogarted into something that um, that I'm not going to be bogarted into anything because you said so. It because my feeling on what I feel is deeper than anything that you can hang over my head to include money. Number two, if you did that to us. What you are doing is the same thing that we are kneeling for. It is it is social injustice. Just because I make millions of dollars a year doesn't mean I can't be a victim of social injustice. Just because I make a million millions and millions of dollars a year doesn't mean that you have the right to take away my uh, constitutional right and just because you don't feel the way that i feel about it gives you no cause no pause or no cause to tell me not to do it or i'm gonna lose my job that is an hr issue so to me i don't think that it i mean if it happens you know i'm pretty sure there'll be some some tremendous fallout out from behind it but to me If that were to take place Not only just with the Cowboys But with any squad Any boss Any what have you that right there is uh, would be the the evidence that we uh, that we have been talking about for centuries. That would be the evidence that uh, that Colin Kaepernick has been displaying since the beginning, and that would be the evidence as to the reason why we say things like "Black Lives Matter" and uh, you know equality and justice for all. So I thought that was a spirited conversation, Corey, on uh, on your Cowboys. I tried to run your pressure, up but I see it didn't work. Um, so oh, I they gotta, got me, bro. I, I, okay, I gotta dig into my bag of tricks, and uh, I guess I'll just wait till the season start. So we got about a minute and fifteen seconds left to go in the first segment. Um, Von Miller is out for the season after tearing a tendon in his ankle um, in a practice. Uh, actually, in uh, the last play of a practice earlier in the week, um, he's gonna have the surgery done on it. They they're not ruling it out him out for the entire season, however. He's going to be out for several months, which is going to include the entire season. Has Von Miller played his last game with the Denver Broncos? Corey?
0: No, I don't think he has, man. It's just going to be a setback for him. Um, He is going to have to work his way back because that that type of injury is um, hard to come back from. Uh, That type of injury can um, cause you to lose some of your explosiveness. So... I think he'll be back, man, but to be honest with you, I think we're going to see a lot more injuries just because of how short the season was as far as him preparing. So we'll see, man. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah. I actually think he's going to be done. He's got most, if not all of his guaranteed money from the last deal that he signed. And uh, I think he's going to be done in Denver. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the first segment here on the Shakeback Sports Show, Big Game Creature Sports Network. Come on, bro, come on back on the other side of the break. We got the big nephew hanging out with us, Michael Hunter Jr., man. So y'all come on back. Big day. Corey Ellis and Huff, Willie F.T. Jr., Shakeback Sports Show. Y'all come on back and holler at us. And we welcome you back to the Shakeback Sports Show right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Willie F. T. Jr., man, holding it down to the dopest engineer in the game. Big day. What's happening? Sports fans all around the rock. Before we bring on our special guest, and he ain't really a guest because he's a a nephew, before we bring him on, uh, this second segment of the Shakeback Sports Show is being brought to you by the Big Game Christian Sports Network. That's right. Check us out on YouTube and click the subscribe button at BGC Sports Network 1 and help expand the brand and also follow us on Twitter at BGC Sports 1, on Facebook at BGC Sports and on Instagram at BGC Sports 1. I am personally Giving $100 away to the 100th subscriber of our new YouTube channel. So if you are hearing this, you make sure you go out there and subscribe. We keep in the tally on it and we will know who you are and get at you. All right, man, before uh, before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of the second segment, this gentleman I have known since he was. Before he was even born, (laughs) he doesn't know that. uh, But his family, uh, Michael Hunter Sr. and his his mom, Jackie, uh, they are good good friends of mine. He is uh, he was an animal, the best cornerback in high school in the state of Louisiana. Went on to Indiana University, and then from there he got the transfer portal. Portal uh, uh, situated and was at Oklahoma State for his final year of eligibility, before moving on to the New York Giants as an undrafted free agent, and then to some other squads in the NFL. And I am talking about none other than our nephew Michael Hunter Jr. Mike, what's going on, nephew?
1: And what's good, Unks? It's a pleasure and always a pleasure to talk to you and be welcomed on the show like that, no doubt.
2: Yeah, man, we haven't we haven't really talked on, on the show or any shows uh, since I was with the In The Zone Sports Show, uh, but I did get a chance to see for the first time in like 18 years <laughs> when uh, I came through there and your pops was, was coaching at Richwood and Charles Donaldson was there and Coach Ronnie Brothers was there. That was a good sight. Um, I hadn't seen those guys in I don't know how long, so that was always good to see them. But, man man we want to make this about you and uh you are on to another journey in your uh in your life and let us say over here um with the uh with the end of zone i'm sorry <laughs> with the look old habits die hard with the shake back sports show man how proud are we of uh, of you we are Um, That goes for the Big Game Christian Sports Network as well, because uh, when we did those interviews, we were still with the network at that point. So very proud of what you have done and what you are doing next in your next chapter. Um, Just retired from the National Football League uh, after four years uh, in there. And uh, I know it was a heart wrenching decision. Kind of tell the audience, man, the people, the listeners about what went into that decision and uh, what actually pushed you to making it
1: man honestly it was definitely one of the toughest decisions i've like ever had to come come to and be comfortable with in my life of course like you said you know me my entire life and you know since i was five six years old i've been running around chasing the pig skin so man it's been to being that played the sport for over 20 years like i said it was definitely a blessing but my body it took a toll on it say um as you know, so I had a couple surgeries in college and then in the league I had a surgery or two. And, and just being that i now married and got a couple kids and all the concussions and injuries, I, th- I thought it would be best if I go on and hang it up and, and before I get seriously injured and can't be out there thinking about that and half-stepping because if that's in the back of your mind, it's inevitable that it might happen. So with that being said, I thought it was the best decision, man, to, to – to lay it down, hang up the cleats. And like I said, it was it was tough. I, I prayed about it, talked over it with my family, my friends, and came at peace with it. And Like I said, I, it's, it's, it's in me, so it, I'd never be able to truly hang them up. I'm going to be at the high school games. Uh, like I said, the, the, the new journey in my life, I'm around it every day, so that's a blessing in itself right there. So, man, I'm, I'm excited about what's next. And like I said, that, that really was the biggest thing, just knowing that my heart wasn't in it completely and I was – out there, kind of half stepping, scared for what might happen. So I had to go and get ready to hang them up. on.
2: Huh? Yeah, and once again, I mean, we will we will get into the next journey here in just a second. Um, but your 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 journey that led you to the next journey <laughs> went, went through <laughs> West Monroe High School, um, and then through Indiana University, then through Oklahoma State. Uh, undrafted a free agent, made the uh, roster up there in New York. Then was put on the practice squad. Kind of bounced around a little bit. We was New York. And then Kansas City, right? No, New York and then Well you tell you tell the story.
1: Yeah, uh like I said, I was undrafted out of Oklahoma State. Uh my first couple years I was with uh, New York Johns. I was bound, I was on the roster on the Price Squad, kinda did that for, for two years while I was in that uh organization. Uh, my third year, uh the Denver Broncos signed me, I was with them uh for, for about uh about almost half a season almost a full season after they let me go it's been a journey like I said the Bills picked me up then uh, the Texans picked me up for the playoff run in 2018-2019 season and just last year in 2019 I was with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs before I got hurt and had surgery and put on IR.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. And I don't really, I didn't know really. I knew you had had surgery, but I didn't know any of the details of of, of the surgery. But uh, just let me say this about the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, As a lifelong Oakland Raider fan and a, a newly enshrined Las Vegas Raider fan. I hate them. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so um, so I knew about the I knew about the the, the groin and the, and the hamstrings in college, and maybe even a, the con- a concussion or concussion or two. But this last one, what? How serious was it? What exactly was it?
1: Uh, it was a it was after a groin surgery. So I had a, um, basically kind of a small tear in my groin, but the biggest thing I had was a, a huge sports hernia in the same area. So they had to repair that whole left side basically and it kind of took a toll on my body And I'm saying I, I still got it a little bit but it, it, it wasn't the same I still got it it was it was it's it hurt it hurt getting out of bed and it's gonna be a struggle I got it but like I said I um they took care of me they they made sure I got the best rehab in the world they sent me to the best doctor in the world to get the surgery so um honestly I'm appreciative of them as well for making sure I, I got healthy and got back 100 or as best as I could. So
2: yeah, and She's, yeah, and I remember now it was it, the hernia was a problem in at Indiana. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that was, yeah. But I, had, I went to Germany when I was yeah. in Indiana to get it repaired as well, and they kind of, I guess they kind of warned me that in college I maybe should have got both sides because it might come back to buy me. But I only did one side so I can get back out there faster. And that's what happened. Uh, After five, six years, the opposite side kind of did the same thing.
2: Oh wow, that's that. They call that a um, a core injury. Is that right?
1: Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I might not have made it to the NFL, but I know a little something, something about the body. I mean, I do have one, but I ain't never, I ain't never had no hernia. Once again, this is Willie F. Teen Jr. on the Shake Back Sports Show. Kicking it with the nephew, Michael Hunter Jr., man, on the Fork Talk Eatery, the BGC Sports Fork Talk Eatery, hashtag forking delicious sports hotline, man. And we are running through some things with, uh, with the nephew here. All right, so, uh, four seasons in the NFL uh it's safe to say that you um you got a lot of great experience up there not just from a football standpoint but in life and now you have uh you've translated that over into the next chapter which is what
1: <laughs> next chapter is uh college coaching say uh honestly i'm, I'm grateful for louisiana tech uh uh sent over my resume and uh they got me an opportunity to work in the recruiting department uh i'm not an on the field coach right now but i'm uh uh basically assistant director of recruiting helping with um anything from bringing kids in to, to making sure they're on top of their grades to to just making sure they're doing the right thing to give them the best platform and the best uh chance of making it to a d1 college so i'm uh I'm glad I'm learning this side of uh, football. Of course, you know, on the opposite side, all we do is go to practice, uh, take care of your body, and, and just go out there and try to play as best of your ability. But on this side, is it really made me grateful for everything that people have to do in the background for us to be successful as athletes. So like I said, I'm uh, like I said, grateful for TAKE for allowing me to get my foot in the door and uh, allowing me the opportunity to get this position and I'm loving it so far I don't feel like a job so, so yeah so that's that's the best thing right now so I'm around kids that got the same ambitions that I had five six years ago of uh, making it to the NFL and getting that college degree so I'm kind of in a mentor role too because there's a good bit of those kids from Monroe as well so um so that kind of helps me makes me feel wanted and and, and, and that I kind of make me feel like a little old head too but I I tell them I'm still young now so don't make me feel old I'll be asking y'all these questions
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what I'm glad you mentioned that because um, that's one thing I admire about your pop you know and we you know of course played ball together way back in Ouachita even all the way back to middle school at Ouachita Junior High and you know, I've known our, the Epting family and the Hunter family have known each other for years and years and years. Um, and, you know, I've seen your pop coach, as we as we mentioned in the introduction of the segment, I've seen him coach a couple of times, once when he was at West Monroe, and how he was able to make adjustments, because I didn't know Rabel was that good at that time. And the way he was able to make adjustments Um, I see that in you. And when you said something about it being a mentor, you know, that I think that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, The 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 thing about kids being from Monroe at Tech, you know, you bring a sort of an instant credit, not really sort of, but really a a definite instant credibility to the table with uh, with the experience that you've had. These kids can can really relate to you being from the same hometown that they're from that doesn't sound like much of a job that sounds like something that what Charles Barkley always talks about you know I've been in basketball for 50 years and I've never had a real job I think you're headed there man um speaking about the mentorship I want to talk to you about the the scoots scholarship <laughs> let's talk about that
1: man it's something that uh should I've been wanting to do for a very long time uh, basically Andrew Whitworth was the inspiration behind it of uh, When I was in high school, he did this thing called Wit Warriors, which is basically the same thing that I do. Uh, You give a monetary scholarship, you give a laptop, and basically dorm room essentials. And coming out of high school, I I was fortunate to be one of the kids that was chosen as a Wit Warrior. So, I mean, I said, man, if I ever grateful and blessed enough to be at this opportunity or have this type of platform, I'm going to do the same thing. So, uh, no kidding. Like after my first year in the league, I hit up with. I'm like, "Hey, Wit, man, uh, I want to get this done. What I need to do, man." And he stand-up guy. He walked me through everything. He he sent me his people. He like get a get a board of directors. He sent me his his guy that created his uh, the scholarship, like the actual for the kids to fill out the uh, the pamphlet or the template for it. He sent me all that. His guy made that for me. So so he really made it easy for me. I just had the. Uh, basically uh, write a check honestly right
2: (laughs) yeah and Andrew Whitworth he of course Played at Westmore High School like you did. Offensive lineman was a beast in Cincinnati before he got traded to the Rams. Went to the Super Bowl with the Rams back in 2018, I believe it was. Uh, I know he's a little bit older than you, and I've heard the same thing about Andrew. I've never met him yet. I haven't had him on any any of my shows yet. Um, But yeah, I've heard those same things about him being a stand-up guy. And uh, the way that he put it down for you I'm sure it will be the same thing that you put it down for the next person that, you, that you're that you able to do that for, because that's what it's all about. Speak on that a little bit.
1: Yes, sir, no doubt. And like I said, I, uh, for instance, I had a, I gave it to a kid this year, and it, uh, it's just one of the many examples. Uh, he hit me like, hey, man, whenever I reach this certain point in my life where I get done with my doctorate degree, you want to be a doctor, a dentist, he like, man, I'll – I'm inspired to do something like this back in in Monroe. And I was like, man, that's what it's all about. Say, I'm trying to reach one, teach one. Mm. The next person you reach one, teach one, do the same. And that's how we not only become a better community, but just trying to make our city as a whole better. And then if you make our city better, then it can change the world one, one by one.
2: There you go. You have to start with one street at a time, one neighborhood at a time one city at a time and you know Monroe is is our hometown uh, but I'm from Monroe by way of Oakland California a lot of people don't know that uh, your pops know that because they used to always crack on me because I ain't sound like them and I still don't sound like them uh, <laughs> and um, you know I had a I, I I was through there last weekend I really wish I could have hooked up with y'all but I was kind of in and out but I had a chance to stop by and talk to Mayor Sean Brown or Gerald Brown uh, out in Richwood and mentioned to him that you know you've been on our show a couple of times and I was planning on or was gonna trying to have you on this week uh or this episode rather and he was just like man yeah scoots a straight up dude I said yeah he ain't nothing like his pops but you know I was joking when I said that so um all right man we got about three and a half minutes left to go in the segment. Uh I wanna get your pick your brain about the NFL stuff that's on the field and uh it's so many questions I want to ask you but I really gotta condense into a couple for time's sake. The um the games that would be played without fans if you were in that situation, how would you feel about that?
1: Uh, it's, it's tough, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just a competitive nature that we all have when we reach really not even that level, but at all levels of football. Say, so Of course, the fans, are, it's, at some points of the game, can be the driving force. that can be the adrenaline rush that some people need. But at the end of the day, we're competitors. And once you're facing... The opposition, even in practice alone, mm-hmm. when there's no fans, like you're you giving the best you can you can give. So at the end of the day, I don't think the competition is going to be watered down or anything like that. I, of course, it's going to be kind of weird to watch in, in, in the sounds and the different, I guess, uh, usual game day rituals that you're so used to if you, once you've been playing. But honestly, other than that, I think that once you step between those lines, so we are kind of taught to tune them out anyway. So yeah. it's going to be it's
2: going to be good football. Yeah, and I heard Stephen A. Smith mention that on uh, on Wednesday about the same word. How is the NFL going to mirror what the NBA has done being in the bubble down in Orlando? Um, Alright so I I have so many questions for you man And I know uh, how busy you are But you know you always work Especially on this show Because basically I run it <laughs> I'm the program director So I, I, of course I want to have you on again Because I have so many other questions That have just come up over the years Since we last spoke Or even since we last spoke When we saw each other in person Um. But minute and a half left ago In this particular uh, ordeal <laughs> And uh, man Because I want to ask you about the civil and rest I want to ask you about all that but we're gonna I'm gonna ask you about um, this season and your Chiefs I hate them uh, are the Super Bowl champions defending Super Bowl champions I still hate them uh, and many people are picking them to do it again what what as being part of that organization what do you see would have to take place in order for them to not do it besides
0: injuries
1: honestly it's Man, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid—they make that vote float. And honestly, other than injuries, they're gonna be a tough out. Like you said, I'll say you know, Tariq Hill and Hartman and Sammy Watkins and them guys stay healthy, and of course, Mahomes driving force—it's gonna be tough not to average thirty-five to forty points, just because the mastermind behind it, Andy Reid, is to game planning every defense to a T. So. Honestly, like I said, if I had to pick right now, I'm I'm going with the cheese going back to back. I know you hate to hear that, on um, being a, a new Las Vegas Raider, you like think whatever y'all name is now, fan.
2: You know what it is. <laughs> 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 well, all right, man. We got 20 seconds left to go, man. Um, real quick, social media info, real quick.
1: Uh, M hundred thirty nine, Michael hundred thirty nine on Instagram and M hundred seventeen on Twitter.
2: All right, appreciate it, nephew. That's going to wrap it up, man, for the second segment. We're going to get you back on real soon. Come on up on on the other side of the break. Me and the boys will continue the NBA talk for the dopest engineer in the game. Nephew Michael Hunter Jr., Shakeback Sports Show, Big Game, Christian Sports Network. Willie Upton. Y'all come on back and holler at us. And we welcome you back to the Shake Back Sports Show right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Corey, 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 Corey. I chumped up the deuce for the South and the North. Boys talking down, and boys wanna hate. I chumped up the deuce for the South and the North. Boys talking down, don't make me out cry. Cory, 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 Cory. I had to play that because, uh, you know, you turn me on to that. Anyway, Willie Upteen Jr., Shakeback Sports Show, Big Game Christian Sports Network. To the dopest engineer in the game, big day. What's going on, sports fans all around the rock? What's happening, Corey Ellison? What's up, man? What's good, bro? Ain't nothing, man. Hey, just in case you missed it in the first segment, had the nephew, old man, Michael Hunter Jr., talking about his next chapter in life. I'm so proud of that, young man. It is, uh, it is beyond... Recognition man about how proud I am of that dude. I am. Um but anyway, so yeah, we chopped it up with him for a little while. Uh we're gonna get into some NBA talk now. Uh as everyone is aware of the NBA playoffs are going on in the bubble in Orlando, Florida, and there has been a lot of surprises to this point. And Corey, we are just gonna start right here. Um The Minnesota, uh, I'm sorry, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, your pick to go to the finals. They ain't going to the finals. As they drop four games to one to the Miami Heat, who seem to be on a roll, have only lost, no, not seem to be, they are on a roll, have only lost one playoff game in the entire tournament so far, and that was game four. Um, when they actually should have won that game as well uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo did not play in game 5 as uh, the heat set fire to the Bucks and sent them packing Corey, what's wrong with the Bucks, man?
0: Man <laughs> I can't call it bro I can't call it man um, Antetokounmpo wasn't himself um, Supporting Caz wasn't wasn't playing up to nothing and he got hurt. I really don't know, man. I think the writing may be on the wall, man. He may be on his way out of there.
2: Well, if that is the case, I have already heard that Miami, the Mavericks, the Clippers and the Warriors are in play. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, the head coach of the Bucks reportedly is not in jeopardy of losing his job although last year they lost to the eventual champs of course we know that in Toronto after they won the first two games and then dropped four in a row and then this squad just looked terrible they actually looked terrible oh. man go ahead Yeah, they looked horrible And they actually looked horrible at the beginning of the restart And just weren't ever the same Um, That team was playing historic type defense Before the shutdown And I remember saying this I remember saying this many times that it doesn't matter when everybody gets down to the bubble because it's like everybody has a, a, a fresh take on it, a fresh restart, which is what it was. There will be no home court advantage, and I thought that was going to be disadvantageous to the Bucks. out of all of the top four seeds in each conference because um, what they do at home in front of those fans is terrific. Probably one of the better home court advantages in the NBA. All right, so uh, on Wednesday night, we had game six between the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics. That game um, had my blood pressure up even higher than it already is. As they went to overtime, overtime, and I think. Oh, and by the way, the Boston Celtics did win the. I am sorry, the Toronto Raptors did win the game on big shot after big shot after big shot by Kyle Lowry, and what that dude did was essentially put his team on on his back. And Jason Tatum had struggled most of the game. Uh, Marcus Smart had a very good game as well. Flower Mounds, Marcus Smart, Corey. Your thoughts on that? That that crazy emotion-filled game six between the champs and the Seas.
0: Man, all I can say about the Raptors right now, one word is resilience, man. Them dudes, I counted them out. I thought they were done. Nail in the coffin. And they're just coming out, man, and and playing team ball and, you know, running on all cylinders. And if you go back and look at the, the stats of that game, man, if you just like... Like didn't show the score and just showed the the percentages and everything of how the game went down. You would have bet that that the Celtics won. The Celtics were better from the field. Uh, Celtics were better from three, better from the free throw line, uh, better rebounding. Rebounding was fifty eight to forty six. Free throw line was eighty three to seventy two. Uh, small margin from the three and small margin from the field, but. Like I told y'all a while back in on one of our episodes, man, I told y'all that I told Toronto. I told y'all Toronto is a good team, but in order for them to really play up to their potential, Van Vliet would have to come to play. And I told y'all that he is a player in, in the playoffs, and when he contributes the way that he that he is, they're they're tough to beat, man. But I still, I'm still shaking my head on how they won that game because Brown had 31, Tatum had 29, Smart had 23, and Daniel Theis, Who?
2: Had Daniel
0: Theis. So, like I said, when you look at the stats and you look at the the breakdown of who scored what, there's no way you would have thought that the Raptors won that game, man, but they pulled it out and nothing but uh, hats off to them for that, man.
2: I think what it was is that you know uh, The game itself It was really tit for tat And that actually was double overtime My mistake, 125-122 And double overtime And at the end of the First overtime, Marcus Smart Actually had a decent look But Kimball Walker had a better look Had he got the ball over to him And I I think with the game That was going back and forth Back and forth the way that it was It was kind of like which team was going to miss a big shot first. And it seemed to be the Celtics as Lowry. Like I said, man, he just, he just put on a show. And that last one shot that he hit, uh, over, um, who was it over? He hit it over. Oh, he hit it over Kimball Walker, a fadeaway, And then he went swimming on the floor. That shot was tightly, tightly contested. One of the best contests I've seen in the playoffs and that was just great offense over great defense at that time. So they're headed to the two sweetest words that we can hear in sports. What is that? Game
0: seven down.
2: <laughs> All right. So let's move over to the Lakers and Rockets. Um, they are in a, a match of uh, superstars with on both on both ledgers, Anthony Davis. LeBron James on one side Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the other uh, The Lakers lead, lead that series Coming into tape time 2-1 to one, having won the last two games After losing by what 20 In the game 1 LeBron James and Anthony Davis Have dominated Rajon Rondo Let's talk about Rajon Rondo for just a second I know he was here in Dallas um, What that kid did In game 4 Or game 3 I'm sorry um, no, yeah, game four. I'm tripping. No, it was game three. Game
0: three.
2: Yeah, okay, game three. Okay, what he did in game three, the way he took the leadership and the way he was able to make plays, he looked like the Rajon Rondo with the Celtics, and then uh, the Morris twin, Markeith, he showed up big. And actually, in actuality, he started game five or game four uh, in. Uh, in the place of uh, JaVale McGee, who got who, who got benched, and I see what that is about because what they did on defense to James Harden in the second half of Game Three shut him totally down. Do you think that's going to be something that's going to work going forward? Do they continue to de- double James Harden like that.
0: I think they will, man. Because honestly, nobody else is really stepping up. Um, Westbrook is is spotty. He'll have a good game here and in the next game he disappears, and there's really nobody else. On that team that's really stepping up Like if if you can't stop You gotta stop either LeBron or AD And if both of them are are Firing on all cylinders And then you have someone like Rondo To come in and contribute the way that he is And passing the ball And and running the offense like that There's no way they're gonna beat them man No way
2: Yeah and it's like game one Was an anomaly because Um You know, the Lakers were in it for a while there. And when you have such as what happened in game three, excuse me, when you have LeBron and AD uh, combining for 62 points plus 14 differential uh, while they were on the floor, um, that right there is a recipe for disaster if you're the opposition. And my my question is this, Uh, Danny Green, can you please show up? Please, we haven't seen you. Um, seems like since you played with the Spurs. And uh, Kyle Kuzma, let's give him some love, too, man. He came off the bench 14 points, as well as three rebounds and uh, actually a steal, out also with his line. So, Rondo and Kuzma combined for 35 points. And, you know, if they can get that kind of production from those two and get anything, anything at all from Green and Contavious Caldwell Pope or Pope Pope John who um, yeah they they can they can wreak some havoc alright so uh, let's move over to the Clippers and the Nuggets with about four minutes left to go in the show um, the Clippers are up 3-1 different Nuggets man they were the number three seed all throughout they battled for the number two seed last year uh, or really the number one seed um, with the Warriors, and I think they're a year away. They're down three-one to the Clippers. The Clippers just seem to have their number. This is a bad matchup, in my opinion, for uh, the young Nuggets. And Kawhi Leonard is doing Kawhi Leonard things on the defensive end, especially and and in Game Four, the Cl- the the Nuggets were held to under ninety points, and so they got beat ninety-six to eighty-five. Jamal Murray. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. and the Joker, Nikola Jokic. That's going to be their future big three. But let's talk about the Clippers and how they've dominated this this series seemingly. Corey, go ahead.
0: Man, you know how I feel about the Clippers. That's that's the team that I picked to win the championship. Um, just just Kawhi, man. Kawhi is just a different animal. Um, he he knows how to take over a game when he has to. He knows how to sit back and and let his teammates eat when they need to eat um and then on a defensive end man they are just they are just disciplined when it comes to defense especially when they got pat bev back uh he is a true dog um one of the players that i desperately wanted my mouths to get when he was out there possibly Um, and then when paul george you know He's kind of shaky too at times, but when he shows up and plays and contributes, um, they're very hard to beat as well, man. And then on top of that, that other Mark, that Mark, that other uh, brother, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, yeah. That dude, there too, man. So they they just got a squad, man. And they got a bench. That's why I told y'all I picked them to win the championship because they got a bench that can produce. Lou Williams can come in and wreak havoc. So. Sorry, Nuggets, it's a wrap.
2: Yeah, and and that's unfortunate because uh, if you're if you're a Nuggets fan, because uh, they're just not ready. They're not they're not ready yet. And when you have those dogs over there on the other side, and I actually think that they, you know, let's not let's not underrate uh, their coach, Doc Rivers, Glenn Doc Rivers, point guard, former of the Atlanta uh, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he's probably the best coach left in the playoffs. Um, you know, there's no Popovich. Uh, Pat Riley's not a coach anymore. I would say him and Spoltra him and Spolstra are the two best coaches left. And those agreed. two teams, huh? Go ahead, agreed. Yeah, and uh, the Clippers they seem to be finding their groove a little bit with this Nuggets team. And um, you know, what can you say? They have uh, they've just taken it to them. Game five was uh, on set for. September the 11th uh, As of tape time So Corey, we got less than a minute Left to go on the show I wanted to round it out With some final thoughts We call it the The final kick Or the final shake Um, Anything outside Of the world of sports Or inside of the world of sports That you want to give any tribute to In a few seconds Go ahead
0: Um, I'm just anxious to see This um, Start of the NFL season And I'm interested to see How The Chiefs and Texans Are going to handle The anthem but I've heard that they're going to stay in the locker room And I've heard other things So just real anxious to see how this happens Also I heard that they're going to put Like um, Black Lives Matter Or something on the field So let's see
2: Alright man very good And on the 20th uh, anniversary of one of the Or 19th anniversary of the one of the most Tragic events in our country uh, 9-11, as of tape time, will have come and gone uh, for yet another year. All right, so that's going to do it. Come on back, man. We got the OT coming up. Uh, but on the episode or on the network, up next is from Press Box to Press row with Donald Ware. For the dopest engineer in the game, big day. For Willie Upteen Jr., for Corey Ellison, Marquess, and Huff. Y'all take care of each other, love each other, hold each other, and we will holler at y'all again real soon. We out. Peace.